This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. Welcome to another edition of our Makaranga wrap-up series done with the good folks from en- environmental journalism portal Makaranga, Lau Yaohua and Wong Siu Lin, the co-founders of the organisation. So basically what we do is we go through some of the top environment-related news uh, in this segment and uh, you know from the month past. And for March 2023, we're going to be looking at a few things. Firstly, the Sarawak Premier's announcement that the state will establish a Sarawak Climate Change Centre. Uh, then we're going to turn our attention to news from the Day One Rakyat by the Natural Resources, Environment and Climate Change Minister Nick Nazmi Nick Ahmad who said that the government are mulling the idea of granting the authority to the Environment Department to appoint its own consultants to conduct EIA so Environmental Impact Assessment so that's pretty huge uh, on development projects and lastly we're going to look forward to Earth Day on the 22nd of April the theme is Invest in the Planet I think something that you know both our organisations do all the time but anyways welcome both of you how are you today? Good, good. Thanks so much uh, for joining me. And again, you know, guys, I, I said it, you know, last week, uh, Yahua, when we caught up to speak about uh, the series uh, on on our forest data. Congratulations on the Sigma win. Uh, you know, you guys are amazing. I just want to keep telling everybody about it. So congratulations again, guys. Well done. Um, let's now go on to uh, our topic. So it's been a busy month, isn't it, March? I mean, besides, you know, multiple award wins by you guys, there's been a lot happening, you know, good things for the environment, right? Yeah, well, many things happening. Uh, that has happened. Uh, this is one <laughs> wrap up. We uh, we had actually difficulty choosing what to, to talk about. But yeah, just just in in quick passing. Um, you know, Rimba Watch, that uh, climate and environmental watch group. You know, they published a very big report that looks at uh, the past forest loss and also predicting future forest loss risk. So that's quite big. The government, some governments at least, uh, have already responded to that. And then over at the federal government side, the, the because there was a you know parliament was sitting, and so there we had like many responses and like updates on like you know things going on within the government, and the Ministry of Natural Resources, Energy, and Climate Change, um, their minister Wybin Nasmi came up to say that they are, I think they are going to review or, or they are already reviewing the hundred million uh, tree planting campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to plant. Uh, 100 million trees by 2025. They're going to review that, you know, uh, how effective that is. And then he also said that the climate change bill, you know, the introduction of a legislation on climate change uh, for Malaysia will be delayed by another two to three years. It was supposed to be, uh, the previous administration said that it will be tabled this year. But when Nick Nasmi came to the office, in his words, it's like, you look at it and in his words, it's nothing. <laughs> so then, you know, they, they are going to delay by two to three years. So, so a lot of things happening. And um, yeah, so over at Sarawak, like they are just opening something new. And uh, I think Sudan has that. Mm, yes, so um, the, the Premier, right, Tan Sri Abang Johari Openg, he was at the Asia Carbon Conference and he made that huge, huge announcement that the state wants to set up the uh, set up this this climate change centre, right? Sudan, tell me about that. Yeah, the fact that he announced it at a carbon conference, I think it's quite indicative of what the Climate Change Centre is about, really. Uh, so it was at a three-day conference. It was held in Kuching. Uh, it, its aim was to discuss carbon trading and set the tone for policymaking. Yeah? Uh, so Sarawak wants to position itself as a leader in climate change and carbon trading initiatives, not only in Sarawak, not only in Malaysia, but in the region. Mm. So the idea is to attract in, uh, investments and talents to drive sustainable economic growth 
in the state. Uh, and it wants to position itself as a leader in climate change and carbon trading initiatives, not only in Sarawak, not only in Malaysia, but in the entire region. Yeah. So uh, what they're doing, uh, I think there's about three or four different things that they said they, they want this climate change centre to do, as well as, you know, sort of as, as, as a kind of driver of where Sarawak is going. Yeah. Uh, one of it is to develop low carbon blueprints for cities and towns. Uh, the second thing is is interesting. It's, it's this whole uh, transition to uh, greener energy, which is renewable energy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they want to hit to 60% RE, renewable energy, right? With special emphasis on hydropower, which Sarawak already is has a lot of hydropower and also some attendant issues related to that, yeah? Uh, the other thing they really want to do is to, and this has been announced a long time ago, is uh, carbon capture. Mm -hmm. Capture and storage of carbon emissions from industries such as oil and gas, offshore, and they have, uh, you know, uh, fields which have been depleted offshore, which they want to use for carbon capture. So it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, what, what's going to happen over there, right? Um, and of course, this is all to generate revenue from the sale of carbon credits. So they say that at least five countries have expressed interest in working with Sarawak for carbon trading and storage. Uh, so let's keep an eye out for, for what's happening there. Then, of course, uh, the, so uh, related to that would be the carbon offset programs. Um, they're looking at VERA, they're looking at Gold Standard, um, and they have announced that several initiatives are at an advanced stage of implementation again. Okay. Right. So this, this is basically a way for companies or countries to offset their carbon emissions by investing in carbon reduction projects. Uh, so we, you know over here in um, Peninsula, it's for the whole of Malaysia, I guess, uh, Bursa has come up with a, a carbon um, exchange. Uh, so now it looks as if Sarawak might be doing their own. Uh, not quite sure how the whole thing is going to gel. Mm -hmm. He didn't quite say whether there's that sort of collaboration with Peninsula and all of that, right? This was very much a, a state-centred sort of um, initiative, right? He did say that. It's, it, sound, it sounded that way, yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. So, yeah, it sounds like uh, there'll be a lot more... Uh, a lot more like technical terms and things for us journalists to really get our you know get to, to really understand because on both sides right they are both from the scientific side and the economic side and the ecological side and also the social aspect of it they are always um it's quite debatable even carbon capture it's like suddenly like in the past few months carbon capture keeps showing up so much more so obviously there's been strong lobbying towards mm. that and especially by the developed countries and all those people who have uh know his vested interest in this high technology stuff so yeah journalists we really got to buck up and understand what all this is about yeah yeah yep. um i can imagine i can already see myself speaking to sahabat ala malaysia they have a lot to say about all of this so yeah <laughs> We will be. We will definitely uh, be keeping an eye on that. Um, um, now, just moving along to the uh, second story that we want to tackle today. So this was a pretty big one, I think, and and, and you know something that we've been talking a lot about as well. Uh, so the announcement by the minister that uh, the sorry the natural resources, environment, and climate change minister YB Nick Nazmi that they are actually the government is actually mulling the idea of granting authority to the environment department to appoint its own consultants to conduct. Uh, EIAs, right, on development projects. Because as it stands right now, companies get to choose uh, who they want to do the, uh, the the companies to do the EIAs, right? Yeah, well, Juliet, you have said everything I want to say. So this, you have done the wrap up, Juliet. Sorry. Well, basically, you know, you know, you know, this this thing, right? Okay, yeah. So Nick Nasmi, uh, the minister again, he was responding to a question raised by uh, the Bayan Baru MP, uh, Sim Sin Zin, mm -hmm. and 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 this notion that the EIA consultants, because they are selected and paid for by the developers themselves, is somehow of course taint their 
I guess uh, the, the, the perception that they might not be so independent of the developers and that there is incentive for them to, uh, to be lenient towards the developer and you know, write very well you know, in, in favor of the developer's project. So there's always been this um, notion, right? Whether it's true or not, I don't think there's been any systematic like, uh, evaluation of, of this uh, allegation. It would be something interesting to do. However, what I'd like to point out is that I actually I, I kind of think like what what, what the, the the option that that uh, Nick Nasmi's uh, ministry is looking at you know that the government pro the government select the AI consultants I don't think it really like it really solves the problem. There's still a uh, people could still have you know no confidence in the government's you know being oh, okay. Am I gonna get into very uh trouble trouble waters here? But anyway, as long as there's a lack of public confidence, like then there will always be this uh, uh, suspicion that hey, the IA consultants are not being fair and things like that. And the other thing is, of course, um, is it fair for the developers to pay, but then they don't get to choose who is doing the work for them? I mean, there could be many reasons for them not liking, uh, for preferring consultant A over consultant B, right? Not just because the consultant... Uh, it's more linear, but also because it is they are more competent and they are more you know uh, uh better to work with, uh professionally, right? So, you know, um, so they they I I I am not sure how this will work out, but in any case, I'd like to just call out that again, you know, while they're working on this, looking at this is great, but uh, the easier thing they could do now is just to you know for everyone to have public confidence and to look at it whether they're doing a good job, just make the EIA report public. And everyone can access it all the time. Don't say it's a property of the developer. That's that's easy, right? They can just do it immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think definitely that's the case. And Yahoo, you brought a, a good point. So so after the announcement, I, I I spoke to a few uh you know consultants on the ground, you know, and uh, a couple of them, well, they've they've given me permission to sort of quote them. Uh, it's uh, Gita Kumaran and uh, Jim uh, Balamuruga, and they're very very seasoned uh, consultants. Uh, and and basically, this is not new. This is not something that Nick Nazmi or the, the ministry just came out with. It's also not something that uh, civil society has just come out with. Although uh, the the uh, you know certain NGOs have certainly made it like the manifesto right yeah it was actually in the manifesto right yeah, yeah. so they congratulated uh you know the ngo con uh, coalition con uh, congratulated ministry for taking it on but even within uh, pr uh practitioners this is something that they have been talking about as well and absolutely what yahoo said is like how is the government going to be impartial in parceling out uh you know whichever projects because yes the levels of competency uh differ com uh, completely you know mm -hmm. and uh the other thing also is the doe is already understaffed and has so much work to do, and you're giving them something else to do. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, what do you call it? Uh, the administration to be done. There's a call for quotations. There's this vetting. There's all these different things like. Who in the government is going to be doing? Who in DOE is actually going to be doing this? Even if you put a board in there, right? Yeah. Uh, and the I think one last point that I think is is, is good to maybe point out is that um, that that not everything is run by EIA. So EIAs only apply for projects of a certain size. And the way a lot of these big developments get away with it is by um, just pushing through projects which are much smaller in size. And then how? Then these don't require EIAs. And I think there was um, a study done that, you know, it's like only perhaps 10% of projects, I think, in, in a certain year. That, so there was a study that was being done. Only 10% are, are undergoing EIAs and the rest are not of development projects. So, so I mean, with those kinds of figures, EIAs are not, it's, good, it's a good way to sort of figure out whether a development is very harmful to society or for the environment. But, uh, you know, basically the, the bigger picture needs to be looked at. Mm -hmm. 
Poor minister, he's got a lot on his plate. There's so much that needs to be cleared up. Um, but yeah, well, good luck to him. And, you know, he's been quite responsive and receptive to, uh, you know, feedback. So, well, this is, I think, a good step forward, right, at the very least. Um, but just, you know, looking forward also to uh, our themed days. We always love talking about our themed days. Uh, in April, we've got Earth Day on the 22nd. And the theme for this year is Invest in Our Planet. Uh, yeah, any idea of, you know, some things that we can do perhaps or, you know, some uh, activities and things that are lined up uh, in conjunction with that? Yeah, uh, I do not know what other societies or other organizations are doing, but it's something I think we can all do, you know, to invest in our planet. I think first and foremost, uh, this is going to sound very uh, like a broken record or something. Like, you know, we should really invest in our own behaviors. Um, just just last week, I was at a restaurant and in front of me, there was a car and somebody waiting there. Uh, they opened the door, throw out a piece of trash, close the door, open the door, throw out another piece of trash. Close, open the door, throw a piece of glass. And I was like, what the heck? So, and then, you know, it's like, it's this kind of things, right? So, I think, you know, Earth Day, invest in our own planet. You know, it's like this our planet. Everyone has to like really take, take, like, um, like, don't struck off the responsibility. Um, I think we can all be better Earth citizens. Um, so, looking forward to that and also looking forward to a lot of like change in our own behavior. I, I, I know you're not uh, you're outside somewhere Yahoo and I think the song It's a Small World after all is playing am I imagining that? No, I, no, yeah, right I mean I the think it's and apt. then the train is yeah, the train is coming it is a small but world but the message it's smaller. yeah, it's going to get smaller <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way we are living it, right yeah, habitats are well, definitely smaller for the wildlife yeah no, but it's our small world and we need to look after it that's what I'm trying to say yes, you yeah, know right, you are right <laughs> the stars were aligned okay, alright well, thank you so much uh, both of you for joining me today I've been speaking to Lao Yao Hua and Wong Siu Lin co-founders of Makaranga if you'd like to read all the good work that they do um, and plenty of articles and resources there just head to makaranga.org. If you miss any part of our chat today, just search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.